All right. So today is going to be interesting in that it's just scripture reading. <laughs> it's just the Bible, uh, like a uh, what do you call it? Like a drinking from a water from a fire hydrant, just coming in more than we can absorb. And so for that reason, I've taken almost every single scripture and it's it's on our weekly reading so that you can take it home and meditate on it because there's so much here. It's it's overwhelming. But we start off with what does the Bible say about God's sovereignty? And and let's uh, are you ready to inhale? <laughs> Don't exhale. Just inhale all of this. All right. Second Chronicles 26 is a scripture that my mom gave me recently that just has blessed me abundantly. And I'm going to read it. If you want to read it with me, um, by the way, the next scripture we're going to go to is Psalms 46. So uh, it's just going to be scripture after scripture after scripture. Second Chronicles 26 says, You, speaking of God, rule over all kingdoms of the nations. Power and might are in your hand. Listen to this. No one can withstand you. The sovereignty of God, no, no one, hi Erica, <laughs> no one can withstand our God. Nobody's strong will, nobody's sin, nobody's rebellion, no one can withstand God. That's just unbelievably powerful. What is it about God's might and his authority? We can talk in isolation about God's power, God's authority. What is it about God's power and his authority? It's his sovereignty. The sovereign power of God. The sovereign authority of God. That God decides this is going to happen, therefore this is going to happen. He decides that's not going to happen. Therefore, that is absolutely positively not going to happen. Can you imagine if we tapped into God's sovereignty and aligned ourselves with God's sovereignty, how much less we would worry? Can you imagine how much more peace we would have because our sovereign God is in control? I'm telling you. So let's look at Psalms 46. I'm sitting in on Wednesday night, last Wednesday night, the Teen Challenge ladies were here, and people were giving good scriptures. And I'm telling you, we were on a roll Wednesday night. It was whoa, incredible. And as I love it when this happens, when everybody's scriptures were coming together, I read this, the, and God showed me this, and then another person, God showed me this. It was all coming together Wednesday night. I love it whenever that happens. It shows that God's on the move in everybody's hearts, kind of going in the same direction. Well, one lady from Teen Challenge mentioned Psalms 46, and as when she said, I said, I'm using that Sunday morning. That is good. Here it goes. I'm going to read, though. I uh, Psalms 140, excuse me, 46 verses 1 through 11. Here it says, God is our refuge and strength, ever present help in trouble. And I'm seeing this as I'm studying the Bible and seeing it all and through the lens of God's sovereignty. Most often when God's sovereignty is being discussed, this is this mention is made of he's my refuge and my strength. When God is sovereign, He's my refuge and my strength. Amazing. Verse 2, therefore, we will not fear. Though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, 
Though its waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with their surging, though there be massive forest fires in California or hurricane hitting the East Coast or earthquakes or what have you, our God is sovereign. Our God is sovereign. He is our refuge. I will not fear. How do you stop being scared? When you say, you know what, God is actually sovereign. He, he is actually in charge. He is actually in control. I'm not going to be scared anymore. I'm telling you, there's something big here. There's a, there's a, you know, a, a, a contrast here. If I'm scared all the time, I'm not realizing God's sovereign. Or I'm not acknowledging God's sovereign. I'm trying to control things myself when God is saying, uh-uh, I am going to control things. I am God. I am Lord. That's going to chase our fears away. Let's continue on. It says, therefore, in, in verse 4, There is a river whose streams make glad the city of our God, the holy place where the Most High dwells. God is within her. She will not fall. Who Can you say that about yourself? God is in me. I will not fall. God is in me. I will not fail. Praise God. It says, um, God is within her. She will not fall. God will help her at the break of day. What is that picture? That means I've been fighting all night long. Call it a long night, a long spell in my life when I've been struggling and battling and I've been beaten up and I've thought of giving up and I've thought I can't make it. At the break of day, my sovereign God breaks through and relieves me. And, and comforts me and picks me up. It says in verse 6, Nations are in uproar. Kingdoms fall. He lifts his voice and the earth melts. The sovereign God saying, Hitler stops right here. Stalin stops right here. You know what? I'm going to break up the Soviet Union back in 1980-something, whenever that was. I am God. I tell things when they're going to stop. I'm going to break up empires. I'm going to break up nations. That's our God. He's powerful. He's awesome. Nothing can withstand him. Verse 7, the Lord Almighty is with us. The Lord Almighty, the sovereign God, is where? He's with us. He's not with our enemies. He's with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Come and see what the Lord has done, the desolation he's brought on earth. He makes wars cease to the ends of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the shield with fire, shields with fire. He says, be still and know that I am God. Wow. Now, we've quoted that scripture before. I've heard that scripture many times. God's spoken that scripture to me many times. But I haven't seen it in the context of his sovereignty. Why does God say, be still and know that I'm God? Because he's God. Because he's sovereign. Because he's in control. Because nothing escapes his attention. He breaks the bow, shatters the spear. He says, I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted on the earth or in the earth. Wow. If you read Ezekiel, it just, God, you know, Ezekiel's a tough one. Kyle and I were talking about this. It's kind of a tough book to read, at least for the first several chapters. But I, I noticed something. Every prophecy that God gave Ezekiel, he said, I will be known. 
I will make myself known. God is going to make himself known. Whether we decide to jump on the bandwagon or not, he's going to make himself known. I want to be part of that. Verse 11, the Lord Almighty, in other words, the sovereign God is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Let me tell you what, that psalm is powerful. The sovereign God, he's going to do what he's going to do. I'm going to give you a bunch of miscellaneous texts here sprinkled all over us. All right, Acts 1, 7, um, he said to them, It is not for you to know, this is Jesus speaking to his disciples, it's actually uh, uh, someone's telling of Jesus speaking to this. He says, it is not for you to know the times or the dates the Father has set by his own authority. God sets seasons, you know, a beginning and an ending. A time of prosperity and then an ending of that time of prosperity. A time of suffering and an ending to the time of suffering. God sets up seasons, beginning and start times, and he's in charge of those. He's in charge of those. It says in Daniel 2, 20, verses 20 and 21, Wisdom and might belong to me. I change times and seasons. I remove kings and set up kings. That's the kind of God that we serve. You might hate President Trump. You might love President Trump. Guess what? God set President Trump up. (laughs) You might hate President Obama. You might like President Obama. God sets people up. And then he cuts them off. when it's time for them to no longer lead. God's in charge. God is sovereign. We need to begin to acknowledge and realize that. Psalms 31, 15, your times are in my hand. That is, your times right now are in God's hand. He's in charge of time. He set up seasons from the beginning of time. He set, set time up. Proverbs 21, 1, The king's heart is a stream of water in my hand, says the Lord. I will turn it wherever I will. (laughs) We need to start getting realizing, hey, God's in charge. Nothing is is out of control with God. Proverbs 21 in that same chapter, verse 30. No wisdom, no understanding, no counsel can avail against me. Man, those are strong words, strong truths. Romans 13, 1. Let everyone be subject to governing authorities, for there is no authority except that which God has established. The authorities that exist have been established by God, period. (laughs) Period. You may like them, they might be cruel, they might be wonderful. God has established the authorities here on earth, without a doubt. Look at this in Psalms 135.6. The Lord does whatever pleases him. (laughs) It's time for us to get a grip and say, you know what? God's in charge. God's going to do what he's going to do. I can sit here with my puny little brain and say, well, that doesn't seem fair. It's God. God's in charge. I can I can sketch out what I think God looks like. And God says, no, I'm. I'm infinitely more than what your puny little brain could ever think of who I am. I'm God Almighty. I will do what I will do. I will do what pleases me. 
says the Lord does whatever pleases him in the heavens and on the earth, in the seas and in all their depths. It's time for us to figure out God is sovereign. He's unstoppable. He can't be put in a box. He can't be conjured up in something. You can't say, well, I think God looks like, you know what, God is who God is. He's unbelievable. He's wild. He's untamable. He will do whatever he thinks he needs to do. Ephesians 1.11 says, In him we were also chosen, having been predestined according to the plan of him, listen to this, who works everything in conformity with the purpose of his will. God is on. Sarah was saying God is on the move. I'm telling you, God is on the move. God is going to do things that we would have never, ever dreamed of. And some of us will say, oh, it's because we prayed on Thursday night. Or it's because I went to church all the time. Oh, it's because I read my Bible. No, God did it because God wanted to do it. God did it because he wanted to do it. That's the God that we serve. Isaiah 46, 9. Sorry for all these random scriptures, but man, they've been blessing me. Isaiah 46, 9, it says, Remember the former things, those of long ago, I am God, there is no other. I am God and there's none like me. Verse 10, I make known the end from the beginning, from ancient times, what is to come. I say, my purpose will stand, I will do all that I please. I'm telling you, we need to fall in line with God. All right? There's a, I, I hear a church say this, and, and I, I agree with what they're saying. Uh, you know, God is on your side. You see it on these, these signboards. You know what's better than that? I better be on God's side. <laughs> I better figure out where God's at, and I better line up with him. I better figure out what his will is, and I better be praying and working towards the will of, of the sovereign Almighty God. 1 Corinthians 15, 27. I have put all things in subjection under my son's feet. All things except for myself. So now we're getting into some New Testament scriptures. I already mentioned one. But you know what? The New Testament's telling us the same thing. Nothing changed when Jesus came. <laughs> he established himself even more. I've put all things under the subjection of my son's feet. Ephesians 1, 20 uh, through 22, I raised my son from the dead, seated him on the right hand, uh, at my right hand in the heavenly places, far above every rule, authority, power, and dominion. I put all things under his feet. I'm telling you, it's time for us to see you know what, God, you, it's you, God, it's Christ, it's Jesus. It's not about me anymore. I want to do what he wants me to do, and I'm going to come under subjection under him, right? Be humble because he's sovereign. <laughs> it just makes sense, right? God's going to win. Make no mistake about it. God's going to win. He's going to win the victory. He's going to win over sin. He's going to win over sickness. He's going to win over brutality, violence, abuse. He is going to win. The question is, am I going to be on his, his side when he wins? Because he's going to win. Anything else in this world, if we knew proof positive that someone was going to come up on the rich side, the winning side, the famous side, we'd do everything that we could to be on that side if we knew it was going to happen. And here we know positively God is going to win. We better be on his side. Job 34, 18 
through 19. I've still got pages of scriptures. I told you I was just going to be reading the Bible this morning. Job, Job 34, 18 through 19. Who but me can say to a king, this is God speaking, worthless one to a king or to the nobles, wicked man. I show no partiality to princes, no regard um, no regard to the rich more than to the poor, for they all are the work of my hands. I mean, God, no title, no position, nothing. God is above all, and he looks down on earth, and he sees it all on the same level playing field. There's no man, no woman greater than the next. In Matthew 28, 18, then Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. That's sovereignty. That's sovereignty. The Lord Jesus Christ, the one who calls you and me friend, he's a sovereign. He's a sovereign. I know him. I know that guy. I know him. I know Jesus. And he knows me. But he's a sovereign God. Absolutely amazing. Now, look at Psalms 91, and let's read it differently than we've ever read it before. Instead of reading it as a handful of wonderful promises, let's read it as the sovereign word of God to us. It's, it reads differently when you look at it this way. Okay, Psalms 91, I'll read it. It says, whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High. Well, as soon as I see now the Lord Almighty, or the most time thinking, sovereign God, a God above every God, every king, king of kings, Lord of lords. If I dwell in that shelter, then I will rest in the shadow of the Almighty, the sovereign, the sovereign, powerful God. Verse 2, I will say of the Lord, now let's stop and think about that, Lord. Lord means Lord. That means I'm servant. <laughs> that means I'm beneath him i'm going to do what he tells me to do i will say of the lord he is here it is again my refuge my fortress my god in whom i will trust i'm thinking about a sovereign god here and here again when i start talking about a sovereign god all of a sudden this concept of refuge and fortress pops up you know most sovereigns would look hey you get away from me you, you're nobody you're nothing but here god almighty is saying Come under my sovereignty, under my protection. Come under, into my provision. Come into my blessing. What kind of sovereign God is this? What kind of God would do that? What, no man would ever do that. Maybe some kind-hearted man or woman who is famous and rich might be a little bit benevolent, but our God is merciful, full of grace, but yet sovereign, unbelievable. He says, surely he will save you from the fowler's snare and from the deadly pestilence. Is this some little weak promise, or is this a sovereign word of God of what he's going to do for you? He's going to do it. He's just waiting for you to believe and say, yes, God, I receive this. He will cover you with his feathers, and under his wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness will be your shield and your rampart. You will not fear, period. <laughs> when we come into God's sovereignty and stop trying to be the control freaks that we all tend to be, all of a sudden the fear disappears. Stop trying to be divine. <laughs> stop trying to be God. 
let God be God. And let us serve humbly the Lord. And our fears will melt away. Our fears will melt away. It says, You will not fear the terror of night, nor the arrow that flies by day, or the pestilence that stalks in the darkness, or the plague that destroys at midday. A thousand may fall at your side, ten thousand at your right hand, but it will not come near you. Why is that? Because you are under the sovereignty of God. You are under the sovereignty of God. You'll see bad things come this close to your face. But God's sovereignty will stop it right there. <laughs> you say, why does God always wait till the last minute sometimes to come through? <laughs> I don't know. He's trying to show you how strong he is and let you start trusting in God. If he, if he gets you to the cliff and hangs you over the cliff, well, restfully hang there and let him take care of your problem. <laughs> Amen. Let's keep reading. It says, you will only observe with your eyes and see the punishment of the wicked. You will say, "The Lord is my refuge," and you will make the most. And you make the most high your dwelling. No harm will overtake you. No disaster will come near your tent. That's not some little promise. That's the sovereign word of God to you, Amen. to me. For he will command, listen to the sovereignty of God, he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. You will uh, lift up, uh, they will lift up in the, lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. These are not just promises. These are, this is a sovereign word of God to you. You will tread on the lion, on the cobra. You will trample the great lion and the serpent. Servant, serpent, because he loves me, says the Lord, I will rescue him. I will protect him for he acknowledges my name. Wow. I'm telling you. We need to start seeing the sovereignty of God because then we'll start seeing the sovereignty of his word and then we'll stop worrying so much <laughs> because we'll know that we know that God is who he says he is and he does what he says he's going to do. He will call on me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him with long life. I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. So incredible. So amazing. God's sovereignty intercedes for us. Do you hear that? Jesus intercedes at the right hand of the Father, interceding for you right this very second. Amen. What does it mean for him to intercede? Well, he intervenes. <laughs> he, gets, he gets into your daily business, and sometimes we don't like Jesus' intercession. Sometimes Jesus is praying, God, help them to be not so prideful. Well, that's not an intercession I want to be hearing, but that's the intercession he's pleading for you right now. What does it mean for God, the Holy Spirit, as the Bible, he intercedes for us as well. The, the Son intercedes for us as well. What does this mean? He intercedes, he intervenes. Here's another thing it means. He interferes. He interferes with your life sovereignly. He gets in there and shakes things up sovereignly. And you're saying, God, why are you rattling my cage? Because he's sovereign. That's why he's rattling your cage. <laughs> Having a hard time? He's rattling your cage. He's trying to get your attention. He's trying to fix maybe something in your life. Can we accept God's sovereignty and say, yes, Lord. Whatever you want, not my will, your will be done. Or as John the Baptist said, less of me and more of you. I humble myself because of your sovereignty. 
2 Kings 19.28. Well, this sermon is going south. I'm only halfway. 2 Kings 19.28 says, Because you rage against me, because of your insolent insolence has reached my ears, I will put my hook in your nose and a bit in your mouth, and I will make you return by the way you came. How would you like it if an enemy of yours is coming at you and you receive this word from God about your enemy? That he's going to put a hook in your enemy's nose, a bit in his mouth, and he's going to turn your enemy around and make it go back to the place that it needs to go to and be destroyed there. This was written of this guy named Sennacherib who was coming from Assyria to take over Jerusalem, and this was prophesied, and it's exactly what happened. See, when God sovereignly says something, God acts sovereignly, and he makes sure that the word from his mouth does not come back to him void, but it fulfills everything that it was sent to do. So we're going to get into this uh, a little bit more next week. Sovereign words of God that come to you, come to you because he's about to act on your behalf. Will you listen in all humility and say, God, tell me something. Tell me something sovereign so I can believe it so that it will happen. Let's inquire of the Lord and stop trying to take matters into our own hands and say, God, what's your sovereign word today so that I can believe it, take hold of it, digest it, and, and it, it'll happen. Let me just give you a couple of other sovereign words that came to folks that in fact took place. Joshua eleven six. God said to Joshua, do not be afraid of them, because by this time tomorrow I will hand all of them over to you slain. You will not be, uh, and then you are to hamstring their horses and burn their chariots. There's a, as, as Joshua entered into the promised land and started the conquest, at one point this was a word, and it happened just like God said it was going to happen. God's sovereign word. It's time to listen to what God is saying. And stop Listen to this. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding. Let me pause there real quick. What does lean not to your own understanding mean? It says, stop interpreting what you see. Stop, stop seeing something and saying, oh, this is going to happen. I have a pain in my side. It must be cancer. I've had headaches for 10 years. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to die of some brain problem. Uh, my marriage is on the rocks right now. I'm going to end up in divorce. Stop interpreting and, and taking the negative all the way through the end. He says, don't lean on your own understanding. All right? Stop drawing your own conclusions. <laughs> Amen? So let's listen to the word of God, and let's see what God has to say about the situation that we're facing right now. What does that mean? I'm going to get down on my knees, and if it took like Jeremiah... 10 days to hear from the Lord in one situation. I'm going to wait 10 days until I hear from God on this situation. I'm not going to draw my conclusions any longer. My boss says my job's on the line. Well, let's see what God has to say about that. <laughs> you know, my, my spouse has been struggling physically with sickness all the, for years. Let's see what God has to say about this. My kids haven't been saved for 20, 30 years. They're not serving the Lord. Let's see what God has to say about this. What does a sovereign God have to say about these things? I'm telling you, we'll start seeing miracles left and right 
if we decide, I want to hear about, I want to hear what God has to say about these things. Let me give you just one more and we'll end up with this one. Second Chronicles 2015. These are all scriptures my mom absolutely loves. I've heard these and read these because I've, I've heard them uh, uh, preached on or spoken or taught by her. But here, here it is, this King Jehoshaphat. Um, you know, he has these armies, countless armies coming against Jerusalem. And he says, listen, King Jehoshaphat, this is a, uh, actually, I think it was a, uh, what do you call it? A descendant of Asaph. If you ever want an interesting study, study this man named Asaph and his descendants. Really, really interesting stuff. But a descendant of Asaph um, stands up to King Jehoshaphat and he says, King Jehoshaphat, listen, all and all, and all who live in Jerusalem and in Judah, this is what the Lord says to you. <laughs> this is what the sovereign Lord has decided. This is what he says to you. Do not be afraid or discouraged. I mean, first off, stop being fearful. Stop being fearful. Don't be discouraged because of this vast army, for the battle is not yours but the Lord's. Tomorrow, march down against them. They will be climbing up the pass of Ziz, and you will find them at the end of the gorge of the desert of Jeruel. You will not have to fight this battle. Take up your position, stand firm, and see the deliverance of the Lord will give you, Judah and Jerusalem. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Go out and face them tomorrow. The Lord will be with you. I'm telling you. Sovereign word of God. What did they do? They got up the next morning. They went out and faced their enemies. And their enemies, had, I think, in this case, had kind of slaughtered each other. And they were all strewn out. And I, I think it took days to get all the goodies <laughs> all the wealth from this army that had been self-destroyed. God can do that to your cancer. God can do that to your bad attitude. God can do that to your lust. God can do that to your addiction. He can cause it to self-destruct. Listen to the word of the Lord and stop drawing your own conclusions. Let's pray.